Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what the thickest double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The fans. It's funny about last night. The NBA season came to a close uh, with the Nuggets, a first-time NBA champion, which... I really did enjoy the game I thought was fantastic. And the game was fantastic without the game seemingly being played. And I mean from a shot-making standpoint at a high level, if that makes sense to you. That's kind of how it felt to me. Kind of felt like, well, the game's fun. It was enjoyable. These teams were going at one another. But it was turnover, a missed shot. And everybody's going to say, well, the defense was just tough. The defense wasn't that tough. Those guys were just missing really good opportunities, really good looks. But you know what? Sometimes that's a basketball game. Sometimes you don't hit absolutely everything. Sometimes it comes down to something like that. We get so caught up with the shot-making ability. I thought the other thing, too, I'm more than occasionally make fun of the best in the world. And I laugh about that. I came up with the best in the world. Actually, I didn't come up with the best in the world, but we kind of took off with the best in the world. But last night, you know, even after that botch call where they reviewed it and the kick out from Jimmy Butler, I, I thought that they let both teams play. Now, a lot of people suggested that maybe they were trying to do their best to keep Miami in it trying to do their best to get a game number six. But I thought they just kind of backed away and let these guys go at one another. There was some carnage out there. And it wasn't your garden variety. I mean, it wasn't like the Jimmy Butler stuff. Everybody got all over uh, the officials and the replay officials for the Jimmy Butler kickout. I can't believe they gave him that. Those are people that rarely watch, I guess, because he gets all of those calls. Now, it was strange when it went to replay review, and then it was upheld. Um, And it was funny because it was coming from Mark Davis, is one of my least favorites of many least favorites. But he's in game five of the NBA Finals, so clearly they believe that he is really good. So who am I to judge, right? But we do. That said, you know, even without that, 
I thought that that group, those officials, let these guys go at one another. There were some tough finishes with a lot of contact, and they just kept playing. A lot of play-ons. I think there was a half-court violation, kind of a play-on. seemed like Miami, okay, we're going to get Miami this chance and that chance, and here's another chance, and, and then finally, all right, well, Miami can't help themselves any longer. Jimmy Butler, too. Jimmy Butler looked like, and, and this is how funny that it works, and this is why you know that you shouldn't tweet dumb stuff, and I try my damnedest not to. There was a point in time when I kind of wanted to say, man, is Jimmy Butler is missing shots and he's not not really into it. Is this all about Aaron Gordon's defense or what's going on here? And just as that, again, that came out of my mouth, it was like a bubble above my head. Then he basically rattled off a couple of threes. I think he scored like eight consecutive, something like that for him. So I was glad I didn't tweet that out because that would not have gone well for me. But that's what I was thinking at home. You know, when you see somebody play, and especially big moment makes, big moment plays, when you see somebody do that and consistently do that as he has done, you just grow to expect it. And I think that that's our fault because we say that that game in general is a lot harder than we believe it to be. I mean, these guys are just so good, so talented, so athletically gifted. They do make it look easy. I think oftentimes we forget how difficult that is because those guys are playing outside their mind. And it was like, whatever, I'm going to throw this basketball up and you guys are going to go at it and somebody's going to hit some shots here down the stretch with Jokic did. Uh, with a little bit of help from Bruce Brown on a putback, I thought basically that was the difference of the game. Because that came at a time when if you were able to clear that rebound, if you're Miami, you could really seriously start thinking about an opportunity here. But they just didn't have the shot-making ability, even with Jimmy Butler finally getting hot there at the end, just not the shot-making ability. You know, Bam had a nice game. Bam missed a lot of shots that I know he'd like to have back. You know, a lot of shots where you can't yell at somebody for having to do two interviews after the game. I mean, if you do that, if you hit those, you can yell at somebody. You can yell at the media person for giving you two interviews, but if you don't make those, then you can't yell at the media person within your own organization if you don't make them. And there were some struggles right there. Um, Denver's a, a likable team. I don't know how much likable their owner is. But their coach seems to be incredibly likable. I think everybody around here is always like Popeye Jones, who was once upon a time an assistant here. I didn't have a rooting interest. I just wanted an interesting game. And it was. And it was interesting to a degree in which I, we really haven't seen anything like that. It's just two teams that really couldn't hit the side of a barn, but just fought. I mean, that thing was not a game for anybody that's going to go in there soft. If you were going to go in there soft, then you were going to find some issues. So I didn't mind it. I, I normally love the shot-making ability that you see. You know, that's something I really enjoy, but I also enjoy this type of game, too. It it really was, it was kind of like a 90s game. Anybody get that impression last night? I know how much we embrace and love the 90s here. 
Oh, we love Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and Ine Kamose and Mark Morrison's Return of the Mac. And we like the Pacers versus the Knicks. We dig the 90s. You love Kelly Kapowski on the internet, which is going crazy right now. You love the 90s. Beverly Hills, 90210, Melrose Place. Love the 90s. I thought last night was kind of a 90s-esque game. Because it was a wrestling match, uh, especially late. And when you think about it, too, Denver Denver got back into it. They should have been down. I mean, really, had Miami been playing well offensively, Denver would have probably been down 15, 16 points at the half. Instead, they were down seven. They made that third quarter comeback, and it really didn't take very much. I mean, basically, what do they do? String together a couple three or four positives offensively, and that's all it took to really get back in there. I think it was Stephen A. Smith at the half saying, well, I think Denver looks shook. I don't think they look shook. I don't think anybody can make a shot. And again, we tend to forget that sometimes that's the case, even with these dudes. Sometimes that is the case. We get... We get incredibly spoiled with shot-making ability. You know, you see dudes step out there 10 feet seemingly beyond the NBA three-point line and put that up there like it's a practice session, something every day, and you, you tend to forget how difficult that is. But I don't know about you. You know, even without the shot-making, even with the the – the awkwardness offensively that that game was, I thought it was fun as hell because those two teams competed. That's what you love, the competition of it. But those two teams both competed their guts out. That was enjoyable. Denver is an enjoyable team because Jokic, you just can't help not liking that dude. Seriously, he wins the finals MVP award and he left it up on stage. It was like he just won a game at the YMCA. (laughs) Whatever. You know what? I just want to get the hell out of here. Wait a minute. What about this parade on Thursday? What? I got to get home. (laughs) I, that's fun to me. That's refreshing. Hey, everybody celebrates in different ways. Everybody lives in different ways and Basically, there is nothing wrong with it. I don't find a lot of issue with it. But I thought that that, that was something that you rarely see. Wait a minute, Ms. Mike Troya, whatever. MVP, sure. We got the job done, and now we get to go home. That's pretty good. And the staggering numbers, points, rebounds, and assists, come on. That stuff is incredible. I love it, though. I love it. I love the fact that you got a little bit of new blood in there with the Denver Nuggets. I liked it because you had an eight seed of the Miami Heat. This was an incredibly enjoyable offseason. Well done for the postseason in the NBA. Oftentimes, get, I don't watch it. Yeah, I don't care for it. And I don't know why. I think I know why. 
oftentimes, or at least the responses I get more often than not, well, I mean, these guys just don't care. They're not invested. They didn't look anything like dudes last night that were not invested. They didn't care. There was a lot of care going on. I think I know sometimes why. Maybe you don't like it. Now, whatever floats your boat, I guess. But if you love basketball, I don't know how in the world you don't love stuff like that. I don't know lo- how you don't like what we have seen, you know, in ways, in high-level scoring, in ways of just going out and competing. Yeah, these dudes are unbelievable. They are. I thought last night was absolutely fantastic, even if the normal shooting was not there. The normal offensive output wasn't there. If you love basketball, I don't know. How, I mean, if we're a wrestling match, a lot of you say, well, you know what? If it were the 90s, then I would love it. Well, you would have loved last night. You would have loved last night. All that was missing in a couple of moments out there was Anthony Mason and Charles Oakley, Charles Smith. Nah, it was fun. Fun as hell last night. It really was. And the Denver Nuggets, a first-timer of the NBA as a champion. I think the only thing that you can up the ante on coming up next year is follow the lead of Tyrese Halliburton, who expects to be in the postseason next year. I'll tell you what. I've said this to Chad Buchanan. I've said it to you. I do, too. That should be the expectation. Not another year of waiting. Well, wait a minute. We're on this clock. We're going to wait here. We don't want to do anything to up in the rebuild. Yeah, you know what you want to do? You want to play to the best of your ability, and you want to get this town excited about basketball again. Get your ass back in the postseason. Do some fun things this offseason. You know, don't just talk about it. Well, you know, I think we're really going to be good years away. Hey, listen, expedite the process if you can. Don't keep everybody waiting. Be waiting on the Colts, going to be waiting on the Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton seems to think that it's right there for them, so why not? That is what is going to raise the bar on how fun an offseason is by what this Pacer team does around here. And really, the starter to that is coming up next Thursday night. Uh, My belief is they'll stay at seven. My belief is that. Yes, Jess Walker, the Hendricks kid, something like that. Walker is the one I like because he looks like, all right, if you're going to throw somebody in to an NBA scuffle, for example, like you saw last night, where you're going to have to play through some things and you're going to have to try to defend some things, he looks like he's ready-made for that. I mean, do I think it's going to work? I don't know how it's going to end up working out, but to me, If you have to give up, and there are a lot of conversations that the Pacers did have interest in wanting to move up. You know, wanting to move up, get to number two. Brandon Miller talked about that. Uh, If it's going to cost that much, I don't have any interest. I mean, how many picks and then how many of your players right now? I mean, your established players. Love to see this Pacer team make some moves in which you can not only justify for the future. That's great. Future, great. But certainly justify in the present. That is my hope. Tony East will join us. We'll talk about that very issue coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour. I promise you that. Some of the names that are out there. 
know, I brought this up yesterday with Evan Sidery of Basketball News about the Raptors now looking like it's in a rebuild situation. Uh, OG Ananobi's the guy that has been mentioned before. We'll talk about all that and more with Tony coming up here in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. Bob Kravitz going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Bob, I'm not going to make it all about Bob because I just don't want to put Bob in that situation um, regarding no longer being employed at the Athletic. What I want to do with Bob, I want to talk about the 41 years in which he has spent doing this gig. That is incredible in its own right. If you are around that long, and listen, I don't doubt that he still has more. Now, we'll talk to Bob about that in the 5 o'clock hour. Still has more to give. Still has more that he wants to do. But if you're around for 41 years doing this, that's an amazing run. I don't think anybody out there understands how hard that is. I think about me for a moment, just from my standpoint, doing this for, what is it now, almost 20 years, 19 years? in the afternoon is incredible absolutely incredible and i suck a bunch sometimes i go wait what how's that work i mean bob's a talented writer i'm clownish at times 41 years and doing what you love i think about that often 20 years of doing what i love at least you know by myself with friends and producers and such and then doing some Saturday night stuff and doing something a little bit different. I get to play radio six days a week. That is incredibly enjoyable. And I'm certain that Bob feels the same way about the 41 years that I'm believing is going to be stretched out even more. But we'll talk to Bob about that. Uh, he joins us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I'm going to tell you about Bob, too. Bob, as far as being plugged in, and not many around, if any, that are more plugged in, certainly with the Pacers. And this, this to me, and I've made fun of it, and I make fun of it from a cult standpoint because they squealed, and I thought it made it look, they, I thought they looked silly. They looked like, well, you know what, we just got our ass whipped, and now we're going to cry about it. The whole deflated football thing, I just so hesitate to call it deflate gate, but I never want to take away the magnitude of that scoop that Bob Kravitz had. I am trying to think if there has been a greater scoop than that. That's a scoop. I mean, all this other stuff kind of broke as news, right? I don't remember it being a scoop that one individual had. Maybe I'm wrong. But the whole deflated football after that AFC title game in Foxborough that might be the greatest scoop of all time around here. No, even if I think, ah, what are you doing, Colts? <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> I put down the phone. I know everybody's mad. It wouldn't have mattered. The football had more air in it, less air in it. It didn't matter if you guys were using a toaster. There was going to be an ass whipping served. Just like that. But, man, take nothing away from Bob. That is a scoop of a lifetime right there. 
No doubt about it. We'll talk to Bob about that and more coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. I was questioned yesterday. I was questioned yesterday if in talking about the Reds, and this is rightly so. This is justifiable. If talking about the Reds right now, a team that is, what, three games under 500 now, four games under as of yesterday when I was initially having the conversation, if I'm making too much out of them right now, And my response was, it has been such a long time since I've been able to make anything out of them, with the exception of them being the butt of jokes. Feels good. So I'm kind of taking advantage of it a little bit. And mind you, last night, they beat Kansas City at extras. And sometimes it did look like a clown show. Meanwhile, Kansas City is arguably, and again, arguably with the A's, the worst team in Major League Baseball right now. All right, it's not like that they they rolled into Tampa, or it's not like they rolled into Yankee Stadium or went to Dodger Stadium and served notice. I mean, they knocked around and got a win against arguably the worst team in Major League Baseball. I mean, it's halfway between, oh, it was really, it was, oh, wow. But it was this close to being, oh, crap. It's one of those things where, ah, you know what, you get the win, but you, you were that close to, you, you lost to what? You lost to that? But it's been such a long time as a baseball fan of the Reds that I've been able to be excited about the Reds. I have, especially in the past week, with the elevation of Ellie De La Cruz, I have really taken that to heart. And I want to I want to soak that in a little bit, because here's the problem: as a Reds fan, you know that success normally has been fleeting. Now, hopefully, this is different. You got a, a group of young players that you can really like. That at some point they'll want to be paid more money, and the Reds will probably punt them someplace else. So you really got to soak it up right now, because you just don't know how long these dudes are going to be around with the way that organization is normally run or in this case, governed. So I'm taking advantage of it. And I'll be honest with you, last night, I wouldn't know Ricky Karcher from Ricky Martin, from Ricky Pierce, had no idea who he was. When the Cowboy and the Reds television network were breaking it down about, well, this is where the Reds are right now. They got a dude up that's going to make his major league debut. And um, that's basically going to be it. So they bring him in. <laughs> they bring him in. Ricky Karcher comes in. And if there has been anything that has been as close to the scenes in Bull Durham with Nuke Lelouch, Ebby Calvin Lelouch, remember when he basically – trying to think of the stats he had in that initial game when he made his his professional debut as a minor leaguer with the Durham Bulls. That 1988 Ron Shelton classic with Kevin Costner, Bull Durham. Did he walk 18 or strike out 18? Both were league records. I do remember that. But he was throwing the ball... <laughs> It looked like Nuke Lelouch. Kurt Casale is the catcher. And he may have caught 
the best bottom half of a frame that you will ever see. I don't know how in the world he kicked the ball in front of him. Have no idea. Because the, the fastball, when he was caught, you knew he didn't want to call for the fastball. In fact, he went out there and said, you know, try to loosen him up. You know, you get a first-time pitcher in Major League Baseball, um, and not only could he not find the strike zone on his fastball, he wasn't about to. And Casale went out there and, you know, said, we got to work on your fastball a little bit. He kept calling for off-speed pitches, which actually worked out. But the moral of the story is that the Karcher ends up ends up knocking it out of the park uh, in terms of getting the job done. So the Reds win. They hold on. Karcher comes in, gets the job done, gets those three outs. Reds beat the Royals. And then Jim Day had a conversation. And if you remember, too, with Nuclear Lelouch about – that first interview, how did it feel to have your first, you know, major league win? How does it feel? Uh, it's out there. It's really out there. Remember they had to work on his interviews? I'm assuming Casale is Crash Davis to Nuclear Loose and Karcher because Karcher really needs to work on his interviews. This is 40 seconds of some of the greatest after. And I know you had that Virginia dude on your mind a little bit from the weekend, right? But as far as Major League Baseball is concerned, it is 40-plus seconds of some of the greatest interview after a first-time pitching performance that you will ever hear. It's Jim Day of the Reds Television Network and rookie Ricky Karcher. All right, guys, thank you very much. I will. This scene right now with the entire team waiting for Ricky Karcher to do this interview. <laughs> It's like a it's like a movie, bro. Yeah. I feel like I, it doesn't even feel real, man. It's, it's incredible. Holy <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right, live TV, we're good. We're on cable. How are you able to manage through that? I don't know, man. I mean, confidence in my slider, I guess. Yeah. I, uh... There was more to it, by the way. There was more to it. Of, it's unbelievable. I don't know. A lot of one-word answers. It was glorious. Holy blank. Holy blank sent it to another level. But it was a glorious after-the-game interview for a dude that really looked like he had little knowledge whatsoever about what was going on at all. <laughs> I mean, he went out there, and it was like, you could tell there was no slowing that down for him. I mean, he looked like it was, but it was awesome. It really was. I know they're the little things. I'm a Reds fan, right? So they're the little things. It was Kansas City. Kansas City's not any good. But last night was fun as hell, and some level of baseball and situations of baseball that you either haven't seen in a while or maybe you have never seen. And some moments that certainly mirrored that of the the fictional 1988 baseball classic Bull Durham. It was awesome. Really was awesome. Shout out to the Reds for that win over the Royals. But that was some fun baseball to watch. And that coincided with the, the end of the uh, NBA season with the Nuggets winning too. 
Gonna switch it back and forth and then watch the end of that. Uh, now it was fun. So, no, seriously, soak it up, Reds fans. You don't know how long this will last until the crap starts over again. So, soak it up whenever you can. And last night was certainly one of those moments. 239-1070 is the number. Email the address at jam via 107.5thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, I'll get to you folks coming up in just a bit. I believe it's day number two of Jethro Tall tickets we shall be giving away. The 1989 award winner. They won a Grammy for Best Metal or Hard Rock Band. Beating out ACDC, Metallica, Jane's Addiction, and others. Jethro Tull. TCU Amphitheater coming up in August. I got tickets for you. Get a listen to win coming up a little bit later on. I mentioned Tony East is going to join us. We'll see if we can't sneak in Kyle Neddenrip of the Stars. Well, I know he's covering the... Uh, the golf state finals right now at a prairie view but a couple of things i want to gather with kyle because normally this is a day for greg greg was on before me so we'll give greg a bit of a break i want to get kyle on here a little bit later on to talk about not only what he's covering today golf wise but also you got the high school baseball finals coming up on friday and saturday we'll talk about that with kyle a little bit later on tony east talks some nba with us and bob kravitz a can't miss coming up in the five o'clock hour on a tuesday we go inside the lounge via youtube live hd radio the stream the app and 93.5 and 107.5 the fan Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Joey, have you ever been in a, in a Turkish prison? 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Right, I'm going to retweet this. It says, listen now, do it. Actually, inside the lounge via YouTube Live is a good spot for you, too. Thank you, Tom Britt. I knew with the Reds, I've just learned to celebrate moments more than anything else, and I'm sure that it is not believable, but the last week especially, I've kind of caught on and uh, been digging it. Last night was fun. They were playing a bad team and had to survive a bad team. But there was some entertainment right there for everybody. And that is what we're all, I I would assume that's what we're looking for. So I'm good with it. Ricky Karcher. Who was it? uh, Was it um, Massey that was up and trying to bunt? And and basically he had to protect himself with the bat to keep the ball from hitting him in the grill. I mean, right at him. Yeah, I don't know know how much Ricky knew what was going on. BT says, I wanted someone to give Karcher a pair of glasses like Rick Vaughn. Yeah, he was a wild thing last night. That thing was going everywhere. When he threw a fastball, No idea where it was going, especially the elevated fastball. They like to call it the elevated fastball, one that goes out of the uh, top end of the strike zone. Uh, This was like double elevated fastball. I don't know how Casale got it. A couple of different times he made plays that were spectacular. 
Uh, it was outstanding. really was. Fun time last night watching that. Fun time last night uh, watching the end of the NBA season. It was a grind. It was a competitive grind at that. I really didn't like it. Uh, Colts today, mandatory mini camp is officially underway. See Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew working out over there. Um, some guys there but not participating because of injuries. And Juju Brantz being one of those. I think wrist surgery. Michael Pittman Jr., one of those with a hip situation. Mandatory minicamp with the Colts. I'm sure a conversation we'll get into coming up in just a bit. Tony East, top of the hour. We're a little over a week away from the NBA draft. Pacers hang at seven. Pacers had interest in trading up. To me, stay where you are. Draft somebody you like. And then go to work on that roster when you can. I'm not suggesting you make these major moves, which I think we all know they're the Pacers, and they're not going to do that. But make yourself even better with an established player or two this offseason. I dig that. Anybody else? 239-1070. This is Matthew in Maine. Matthew, welcome to the show. Did you happen to send me some seafood today? Yes, I did. I have not been able to open it yet. I have it. It's back there on my desk. First of all, I got to thank you for a couple of things. One, listening as much as you do, whether it's during the afternoons here, Monday through Friday or Saturday night. But the stuff that you send me is outstanding. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, you're very welcome. I was listening to the program a while back when you got seafood delivered from Ocean Air. And mm-hmm. I know you're a big fan of that. And I said, well, there's not a lot of things that we can do up here, but there's one thing that we do better than anyone else in the country. Um, well, Maine seafood is outstanding, and I probably am the seafood king around here. I could eat it for every meal and not worry about anything else. I do. I love it that much. But uh, what what is in the package? I have yet to open it. All right. So there's obviously lobster. There's scallops, because I know you like scallops. Uh, scallops, yeah. Thank you. All right. Now, I did send you a couple of steaks. I'm sorry that your trees didn't make it to Omaha, but <laughs> Maine actually does make steaks as well, and we're okay. pretty good. Awesome. Well, that's Matthew, thank you so much. I, I, I got I to gotta do something in return. Anything that you would like from here that we can send back? Because you're such a great listener to the station. I know that both Kev and Jake feel the same way. Is there anything we can do to counter just how nice you've been to us? Oh, sorry, my dog's barking. Oh, that's a good question. Off the top of hmm, can't think of anything off the top of my head. Well, you I think about it, and we'll do. So I'll get All with right. Jake and, and Kevin, and we'll we'll do because you have been incredibly awesome to us, and we thank you very much. All right. Well, I sure do appreciate it. There is a fourth thing in that package, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Well, I'll I'll check it out when I get done with the show. By the way, did you notice on Saturday night I got a call from? Massachusetts. I'm getting one now from Vermont. We are canvassing apparently the Northeast and New England right now. We are with the JMV takeover. So it's it all started with you. It all started in Maine. Oh, thank you. As it should. (laughs) Matthew, thank you very much. And uh, you figure out what you need from us and we'll send it your way, okay? All right, we'll do. That is Matthew in Maine, who is just a spectacular listener to the show. 
inside the lounge via YouTube Live a lot with you. But uh, had sent me, and I have not opened it yet, but sent seafood. I am a huge seafood fan. And that was in response to last week, Ocean Air had delivered some seafood here. I think James had some, too. It was like crab cakes, something like that, right? It was crab cakes and some sort of like cheesecake ball dessert I will, thing. I will say this. Crab cakes around here can be difficult, but those things were legit. Those were really good. Those were legit. But I wanted to thank them. And Matthew, Matthew, by the way, listens to everything he listens in the morning and the afternoon here monday through friday to the fan and he listens every saturday night uh, matthew is awesome so thank you very much matthew for all that you do for us and the station and you let us know what we can send you and we absolutely will but now seriously main phone calls massachusetts vermont it was Angela in Vermont, maybe, that calls every Saturday night. Uh, Josh in South Dakota, a bunch of Florida calls. My Yippie Apps from Kentucky call. Yeah, bad boys going nationwide right here via the app every Saturday night. Uh, JMV, and that was not strike three on De La Cruz on the 3-2 count, by the way. That pitch by Chapman was at his ankles. Man, what an absolute great interview last night. Uh, thank you. Corey sent me this. Ricky Karcher, his Major League Baseball debut. One save, in which we talked about. One holy blank, which we bleeped out. And seven, I don't know. <laughs> seven, we did not highlight that. Seven, I don't know. Hey, JMV, getting back to your NBA Finals conversation, don't you think Denver could be one of the more likable teams in a while, NBA-wise? Now, granted, that will go away. Two things that will happen is when you win and everybody is lauding you for how fun you are, how enjoyable you are, uh, that will go away because then everybody's going to want to bag on you and because you just get liked too much. There's a shelf life for everybody giving you love, and then they have to twist it around and turn it around because we can't have people happy more than five minutes, especially with social media. You cannot be happy. You've got to shake your fist to be mad about something. So at some point, they're going to turn the tables on the Nuggets, and they'll go from being this fun-loving group, and you really like watching them play, and you really like the way that they celebrated, and that will transform into, well, these guys stink. They're way too successful, so we got to find ways to rip them apart. Uh, Michael Malone's shelf life is about as much as their likability shelf life is going to be. And it's not their fault. It's not his fault. But now, now you're going to expect that all the time. Yeah, just look back at the the coaching longevity of those recently that won NBA titles. And look what they're doing. Or job changing. I mean, it is incredible. Ah, you know what? I don't care how you feel it. In terms of celebrating, but that that was a little bit different last night. That was cool. That game just in general was a little bit different. You know, I mentioned that was like a 90s game. 
That's why I thought everybody would love it. You guys love the 90s around here. I love the 90s. Hell, we all love the 90s. You guys think I love the 80s, which I do. And I dig the 70s, which I do. There's going to be a decade in which I wish I was in my prime. It probably would have been the 70s. What decade do you wish you would have been? Are you still in your prime? What's your prime? You're 27. You're still in your prime right now. I guess technically. Do you, do yeah. you wish that you were in your prime in a different decade? I think I would have enjoyed the 80s. I think I would have enjoyed the 80s well, a lot. You would have. You would have. I think I would have enjoyed the 70s. Like the late, like between 76 and 79 being in my prime. That would have been fun. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe 75 to 79. I'll give it a little bit more than that. I think that would have been enjoyable. Yeah, you guys love the 90s. Last night was a page, a textbook page of 90s hoop. Nobody could hit anything, and it was an absolute wrestling match. But, man, you could tell these two teams competed. There was some competing going on. That's fun. If you're on hold, I'll get back to you coming up on the other side, too. Tony East, top of the hour. Bob Kravitz going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. That is something that you will not want to miss. We'll see if we can't catch up at some point with Cal Neddenrip of the Star a little bit later on as well. Friday's show is going to be a victory field. First two games of the IHSAA baseball finals coming at you and i'll kind of lead you into that seven o'clock after the last word we'll have that coverage for you again on friday but i'm down at victory field beginning at three o'clock and looking for you i think the only local team in those first two game windows on friday would be that of coming christian well, we're going to be down there ready to go coming up on Friday at Victory Field. Quick break, and we'll come back inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I'll jump in there with you coming up in a couple of minutes. And as I mentioned, Tony East, top of the hour, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mandatory minicamp underway today. Reps with Anthony Richardson and Gardner Menchu, which I think, by the way, they're planning on doing some sessions during summer break down in Florida. If you were on target with that. But guys sitting out today because of of injuries. Uh, Juju Brents being one, former Warren Central standout. Uh, by the way, if you wanted to know, Gardner Menchu, if you want to call it that, was again the starter today. Um, Anthony Richardson evidently got most, I shouldn't say most, more reps but Minshew did come out there as, again, the starter, I guess. A couple of things we'll talk about a little bit later on right there as far as uh, the first day of mandatory minicamp going on with the Colts. From Damon, hey, JMV, I grew up here as a Cubs fan. Uh, no TV and cable and WGN, but watch the Reds locally. This year, the Cubs are no fun to watch, which I believe is coaching more than anything, but the Reds are fun as hell. Glad I canceled my cable subscription for the Blue this year. 
you know, I just I go and get it. I think that there are some issues that are upcoming, right? With some of these baseball teams as far as their coverage is concerned. What you're going to have to get that ironed out. It's like the NBA getting that ironed out. We're in an era now where it can't be that difficult. I know the money and the cost is high, but we're in an era where it can't be that difficult. Now, I come from an era where it was incredibly difficult, where one of the reasons why you watched an all-star game is, well, wait a minute, that dude didn't play in the National League West, which we got games from the NL West around here. But you had no idea who was playing in the American League West. None. I don't know how much it really mattered other than the then California Angels. Because, now the A's, midway through and late in the 80s when they had Conseco and McGuire. Uh, you got to see a lot of NL West teams because the Reds were a part of that. That division with the Dodgers and the Giants and the Astros, Padres, Braves. Yeah, but at some point you got to get that figured out, really. Ironclad figured out. Seems like a lot, lot of this jumping around that you're having to do, I don't know how you guys do it. It's probably easier than I make it out to be. Like I have mine because I haven't found from DirecTV a better alternative. Now, I wish I didn't pay as much as I do. That's stupid. But part of it is I just don't really, after, what is it now, 23 years, want to jack with it. And I know where it's going to be, and I go there. Now, that could change if I go where it's supposed to be, and it's not there. Whether it's the Reds or the Pacers during the basketball season or any of that. But truth be told, a lot of the reason why I haven't investigated anything else is because I simply don't want to jack with it. Assuming there's probably a lot of people like me out there, too. All right, back to your calls coming up in a minute. I know Warwick's on hold. We'll get to him at Tony East, top of the hour. A lot of NBA conversation with Tony. And Bob Kravitz will join us at 5 for a can't-miss conversation. Hang here throughout. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture me? No. The definition of the word idiot, which you f***ing are. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, so I get this. JMV. You always talk about wide receivers with the Colts. I notice you never bring anything up when wide receivers around the NFL with other organizations are pains in the ass. Why nothing? It's because I long for the moments where we get to talk about a top-notch wide receiver or wide receivers here that either potentially or at the moment being a pain in the ass. I long. I can't wait for those moments. I want. I will embrace those moments. I promise. Just give us the opportunity. I would much rather be talking about that because we have seen high-level production 
and a group at that position here that are formidable enough and feel that they have that type of leverage. So, yes, I await that. I do. I await that moment. Not because I want to complain about it, because you know that you have one or two that are good enough to stake their claim. I'm hoping everybody out there agrees. If you don't, that's going to make me feel really bad. Why would you not agree with that? Jethro Tall tickets coming up a little bit later on. That's an August evening at the lovely TCU Amphitheater. Hey, this show is live. Victory Field coming up on Friday. You got a couple of state title baseball games, two and two. Friday and Saturday. I'll be down there coming up on Friday, beginning at 3. We'll talk that up a little bit. Kyle Neddenrip is going to join us from the Star coming up at 5.30. Bob Kravitz joins us at 5 from Must Listen on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Tony East staked out at Forbes Sports, WTHR.com, locked on Pacers, SI Pacers, nearly everything. Did I see that you got engaged, too? <laughs> you did. See Holy correctly. crap. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Hey, thank you. First time talking about it on the radio. So, oh, uh, is it really? Good, wow. good interview skills, I guess. Yeah. Breaking the seal on that. So, how <laughs> how lengthy how lengthy was the relationship where you thought, well, this past weekend was the time? Goodness, JMB. Too long is the answer. So, uh, I'll just. Hey. It was the time was right. I was happy that we got to do it uh, in Brooklyn. It was awesome and. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic Sunday day, and the, the smoke cleared away in New York, which was wonderful. It was perfect. It is uh, never too long. Never. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I don't know, maybe 10 years down the road, if I'm not dead, Tony, we'll revisit this um, at some point, and then you'll go, you know what? Maybe you're right. <laughs> if I get a phone call from you, I'll be sweating before I even pick up the phone on that. <laughs> no doubt about it. Hey, you know what? And congratulations on that, by the way, too. Did, did we kind of see? I, th- I thought I really enjoyed it. There was zero shot-making ability last night for the most part. It was like we were transported back to the 1990s of the NBA last night. That felt good to me. How about you? Yeah, it was pretty cool. The The Heat only hit, I think, 96 points in one game the whole series, right? Like, it was a really grinded out, slower paced series that was reflective of some older some older times of the NBA. Now here's the thing. Last night specifically at times, Dan B, it felt like a college game, right? There was some ugly shooting last there night. There was. But in general that series, the way it was, you had to really work for your points. Dudes were fighting. Some guys like Kyle Lowry were flying all over the place for some reason. It was really fun. It was really physical and I love that the refs let it happen last night and let it be a physical game. Didn't call any fouls. It was a really great end to a finals, even though the shot making was was pretty gross at times. I I love making fun of the best in the world, the NBA officials. Love (laughs) making fun of them. But last night, I mean, even with um, (laughs) the foobar that was that that whole uh, Jimmy Butler call the leg out, and you know, I mean, but again, I don't. how, How do they pick and choose? somebody like Butler getting away with that because that's base, that's his repertoire. I mean, all of that is he gets all of those calls. I was just shocked that it went to review and it was upheld, but it should surprise nobody. My man just will dribble into somebody, crash into him, and get a foul call. It's amazing. It, that that was ridiculous. Like, they tried to get rid of that leg kick craft, too, and he 
swung his leg from like nearly out of bounds to inside the yard. Like, where, what the heck is Aaron Gordon supposed to do if he can't just run along the three point line? Now, that that made me mad, and I'm glad that we're only going to talk about it for this one question because the Nuggets won, and it doesn't right. matter. Well, it's a footnote in history. And I hate reviews. Like, I just think they're so long. And just, like, especially with three minutes left in the NBA Finals, you know, it's just dragging from the game. It's, I was just so frustrated with all that. But it doesn't matter that much, right? The Griff, the Griff King, Kyle Lowry, had one in the second quarter where he just held the ball in the corner and faked, like, three threes in a row. He was never shooting. He just wanted to get fouled. And lo and behold, he got fouled, right? Sometimes it pays off. But um, it didn't if, you, if you were thinking this way, one could, I think, come up with the theory that maybe the NBA was trying to craft a little bit uh, of an ending there. That's that's kind of what it felt. If if one felt like that, you know, they've had that theory before, I, I think you could come to that conclusion. Maybe not completely logically, but a little bit of the way there. Uh, people will definitely come to that conclusion. I will not comment on that conclusion. But I think many, <laughs> many, many of people could, in fact, come to that conclusion. <laughs> I, I thought about that for a moment. But, you know, with me, and, and I, I try to really, Tony, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, I, I try not to, to tweet out really stupid things, uh, which is very hard for me because I'm really stupid in general. <laughs> but I, and just right before, there was a moment before Jimmy Butler went on, I think it was an eight-point run there in the final minutes of the fourth quarter in that game last night, where I thought, man, it, it looks like my man's got something else on his mind right now. Because he was deferring a lot. He really wasn't going at it when clearly it was his team's time of need, and he had done so so many times leading up to that. And then I, I had crafted out a tweet, and I was going to hit send, and I got it, and now let's see what happens here. Let's see what happens if you don't send it. So I didn't send it. I erased it, and then he went on that like eight eight-point run for the Heat would have made me look incredibly stupid. So sometimes I, I do have a little bit of the smarts good in terms of not sending something like that out. Because at the end, in a bad game for him, he did step up in Jimmy Butler-like moments that we've become accustomed to watching in this postseason. Yeah, he had an interesting game, right? And he said after the game, I'm not hurt. There's no excuses. And, like, if you're going to do it, when your season's over is the time, right? You don't got to yeah. face the questions anymore. So I believe him. But I, I, what was he, one for 12 or something? Like, he was playing terrible until that stretch. And then he had 13 points in just a few minutes to keep him in it. They were ahead for a, a split second there. I just don't know what to make of a lot of his playoffs because in the first round, he was the best player I, a ton. Like, he got them here for a reason, but just, like, slowly kind of fell off in the first round. And he had that ankle tweak in the next series. So I thought it could be bugging him, but – and he proved it wrong late. And, you know, the, the, the correct answer, JMB, is never tweet. It just never goes well, right? But uh, it, it is fun to interact with people. But, yeah, he, he came up late. And I thought for a second after the three-shot foul that his late heroics could end up being the story of that game just because he figured it all out when it actually mattered. But the Nuggets deserve a ton of credit, man. And, and great for the, the Denver faithful to get a title for the first time. Yes, and uh, Mr. Denver, Peyton Manning, which makes everybody yeah, around sure. here feel really good. Mr. I'm sure a lot of indie fans were cracking up when they were cutting to the celebrities, and it was Peyton Manning first and then Russell Wilson second. It could not be a bigger grab than challenge. Yeah, Manning's got one of those promotional gold chains for the finals around his neck, too. I, I mean, I, I get it all the time, and I, I have to I have to remind folks that regardless of how much everybody should love him around here to the 100% degree, uh, he was cut here by the owner once upon a time, and uh, that, that will tend to always be 
with you, regardless of how nice you have made since that point in time. So, you know, I always have to battle that with Manning because that does it pisses a lot of people off around here. And just where he lives and where he is right now, and that's the way that it is, is Tony East. He does join us. So give me a timetable here, Tony, on as we put to bed the NBA season. How long will people continue to laud and love and, you know, throw rose petals at the Nuggets before they start taking them to task? And how long before Michael Malone gets canned like everybody else that's won a title before him here? What's the timetable on the Nuggets and their head coach moving forward? They'll make it through the parade before all that stuff comes up, right? So 48 hours, right? It's, it's the NBA cycle, unfortunately. It sucks that it talk, it's talked about this way. Like, for a team like that, you know, I tweeted this after the game. Like, that's like the perfect local fandom team, right? Like, their best three players, they drafted all of them. They stuck with them through a couple tough, you know, late playoff run losses in the conference finals, like – They've seen these guys grow up from kids to adults and grow chemistry and found the right coach and GM and all this stuff, and they finally won the title. Like, first title in franchise history of the best player in the world on your team. That has to just be so rewarding from a fan perspective and to know that you're going to have that team to watch for at least a couple of years going forward. And by far the most low-maintenance superstar in the league, right? Like, that dude just wants to go back to Serbia. He doesn't want to go to parade. So – it's just it's just fun to root for, and it, it sucks for them that after however many days, three, four, whatever, the chat's going to be, well, how long can they keep this up? What's the next team? that I already saw that on TV today when we were sitting in St. Vincent Center for Pacers draft. I forget what show it was, but it was, who are the threats in the West to catch the Nuggets next year? It's like, they were out 12 hours ago. Can we talk about the Nuggets for a little bit? Yeah, I saw where some guy in Philly on the radio, which has to be an absolute clown show, there's no doubt about that, called the uh, Nuggets title meaningless and was talking up Joel Embiid is still better than Jokic. <laughs> I mean, you, oh. at, 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 at some point, man, stiffened butt has to get old at some point, right? I mean, there's just yeah. no way. There's no way if you watch that you can even draw closely a conclusion like that. That's just clownish. I consider myself a pretty big Embiid guy, too. And, like, this was the closest regular season they've had in impact to each other. But, like, Jokic just kicked his butt in postseason. Like, it's not even close. It's literally not close right now. I can't stand him because he's from Kansas, and I don't like Philly either. So yeah, it's two things right there. Kansas, what's wrong with Kansas? Oh, I can't. Oh, I just I'm, I don't. I never really knew what it was. I just never have liked their basketball program. And really, this goes back to Kevin Pritchard. I couldn't stand him when he played for him. <laughs> I just I always always they're on again. Uh, and no matter who the coach is, whether it was you know Larry Brown or Roy Williams. Um, or whomever, I um, I just I've never been able to stand them. Scott Pollard doesn't like me for that, but that's tough. So I don't blame him. They've had some fun teams in my life, the the Chalmers and no, Morris Barf, teams. Barf, Barf, <laughs> Jacques Vaughn, oh, Oster, Greg Ostertag. I mean, all all that crap. I can't stand it. In, incredibly successful. But if there's one team I don't want to watch and I think sucks in college basketball, it would be the Kansas Jayhawks. No doubt about that. But anyway, all right, so the Pacers now, I guess we're officially on the clock as far as the offseason now the NBA is concerned, a little over a week away from the NBA draft. Um, I believe they'll stay at seven and draft who is there that they like 
and then move forward. I don't know what they're going to end up doing with the other first-rounders, what they have in the back end of the first round, but would you agree they're going to stay at seven and draft there? That would be my most likely prediction. I get why they would consider moving up, I suppose, if they really loved one of the wings that's higher up there, but it seems like given their asset situation, their roster situation, and, and the fact that all these guys in the tier of players that they could be selecting from really could be great positional fits. Seems like staying pat or within the tier that they're currently in makes a lot of sense, right? And they could still get somebody who could help them and fill a, a pretty significant need of that 3-4 kind of player. And so uh, they are fortunate that this draft does have a lot of that type and, and right in their range as well. Do you have any wing answers for them this offseason? Uh, what you believe to be the best answer for them, whether it's an already established player, somebody they're drafting, do you have you have you know one wing that you think, wow, this certainly could be done here, and this is what would make them better the moment they made it happen. And draft wise, you know the two guys that everybody's going to point to forever and ever are going to be Jaris Jaris Walker and uh, Taylor Hendricks. Both look like they're going to be just size defenders who. Can do a little just enough on offense to give you what you need, but also still be you know huge fits with Tyrese Halbert. I mean, all you really need from guys playing with Halbert is just finish plays, make some threes, right? It sounds so simple, it's not, but you know that that's going to be significant. Those two guys seem like they could do it. As for actual free agents, like established NBA players who are pretty good, um, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of forwards wiggle free for them, right? Like Harrison Barnes is an interesting name to look at because he's not flashy, he's not going to take them over the top, but has played for Carlisle before, has played with Halliburton before, is really good at a position they need. P.J. Washington coming out of Charlotte could be somebody who's right in their aims range, is talented. Georges Niang, one of Halliburton's good friends, should wiggle free from uh, Philly this summer. We'll see if they retain him or not. So there's a lot of good fits. The, the, the fact that Power Forward is probably the best group of players this summer, Draymond Green, Jeremy Grant, Porzingis, uh, there's a lot of guys should be good for the Pacers and just because they need that, that spot so bad. Uh, and some of those names I just said are important. They also at the small forward spot, right, like Cam Johnson, if they could somehow get him from Brooklyn. There's a lot of, like, pretty good fits, Chris Middleton, Kuzma. Uh, there's no slam dunks in terms of age and contract and everything, given where the Pacers are headed. But there are some good fits among those names I just said, and they've got money to blow and a team that wants to get better. So it seems like they could be a fit for any of those guys that are potential looking to move teams. I, maybe I missed it. I didn't know if you mentioned him or not. I've heard his name at least knocked around a couple of different times, and, and you know that there are going to be some some changes you expect in Philadelphia. Is Tobias Harris? I mean, he's really expensive. And if I, I remember correctly, when I'd first heard his name kind of knocked around a little bit, he didn't want to come here years ago. I thought that there was there was something where he had mentioned, you know, that this was not going to be a spot for him. So I, I don't know if that plays a role. I don't know. Is that a, a name even that you've heard out there as far as possible interest? Maybe not just with the Pacers, but around the NBA outside of Philly. Yeah, he's a fascinating fit to me because everybody talks about the contract and that he's expensive. And like, yeah, that, that matters. But this is the last year of his deal coming up, right? So like if the Pacers fit him into their space this year and – then, it, then it's over. It's not like there's any opportunity cost if, if it's something that they choose to do this summer uh, of what he'd be preventing them from doing in the future. And he's good. <laughs> you know, I think that is lost along, among people too, like breaking news, good players cost a lot of money to have on your basketball team. Um, so uh, he's not like amazing, but he definitely is good. He can score, he can shoot, he can defend. Like the Pacers need all that 
from a guy of his size getting his burger should be valuable. So if Philly's looking to, to dump him because, you know, the CBA's coming in and a lot of these expensive teams are just going to have to start making moves at some point soon, perhaps the Pacers could be a good fit because they have cap space to make that a lopsided trade that could cut some salary significantly from what the Sixers are doing. And, yeah, he's, he's good. Like, I think that is probably the, the bare minimum requirement for the Pacers specifically. I don't quite remember – that was 2019, right, when he was a free agent? Uh, I, I thought that he had said something about Indy. That That is possible. Maybe I dreamt that. I'm not sure. I'm sure I'm sure that's possible. Um, or maybe, about, to, about the Pacers organization yeah, and not but, wanting to be here. He was 26 then. I'd have been, <laughs> they pulled that off. That would have been a good signing at the time. Um, so, yeah, if he, if he truly is available. The trade's just harder for me because I feel like sometimes you're just guessing if guys aren't, aren't going to be available, but – for him and the Sixers' money situation, it does make some sense, especially if they want a prayer of keeping James Harden. So uh, that would make sense to me. I mean, he, he's good, and he would fit very well with what they do and how they play. So uh, if that does become an option, it would, I don't think it would take a lot to get him, too, because, you know, the Sixers do need that money savings. What about Cam Johnson? You mentioned him a little bit earlier. What, yeah. what kind of interest would you have in him? I would. It, the trouble is he's restricted, right? So the Nets could just match your offer and keep him, but I mean, he's six eight, six nine. He's huge. He can really shoot it from three, I and mean, that's exactly kind of what the Pacers need. He can defend a ton of positions, and I think it's going to be hard for for some people to see how the NBA is about to change pretty fast because the league interest is going well. They have a new TV deal coming. Fans are back in butts after COVID. Like the salary cap's going to be almost two hundred million dollars in five years, to the point that like. $25 million starters are going to be cheap. Like, it would not surprise me if Cam Johnson got $100 million guaranteed this summer. And people are going to go, huh? But, I mean, I think that's just what really good wings are going to take for what the NBA is. And, and if the Pacers have to do it to get him, maybe they do it because 20-something million a year is what it takes to get really high-quality wings on your team these days. I mean, you saw a lot of these forwards last summer flying off the board for about that much. Kyle Kuzma's probably going to get about that much. He's worse than Cam Johnson. Like, if the Pacers could get him – That'd be huge, but it's going to be expensive to do it. And because the Nets could match, it's kind of hard unless Brooklyn's willing to work out something separate. But that doesn't seem like something they'd be interested in, even though he'd be an awesome fit with what the Pacers need. Yeah, I, I, I thought about that as well. Any other names that you're thinking about as far as an established player? And then is there much activity as far as the free agency period at all with Kevin Pritchard and company, or might that go quietly? Can I ask you something? What, what would you think of Dylan Brooks? What's that? I'm sorry? What would you think of Dylan Brooks after his uh, his exit from? Memphis? Oh, uh, Dylan Brooks! Yeah, I, I think that's a horrendous idea. <laughs> <laughs> he can really defend, um, but yeah, that I'm not sure that'd be a great. One. Jeremy Grant could be a good one as well. He had a really good. Uh, well, the, the, Jer- the Jeremy Grant thing, uh, because of the length and athleticism, and he always flies under the radar. Would be interesting, yeah. Dylan Brooks. I don't know how much Dylan Brooks is going to change. There's no doubt he can defend, but. Uh, I, I don't know with his reputation the way that it is right now with a young, still building, up and coming team. Yeah, I don't think that's a good fit here at all. Yeah, I wouldn't think the Pacers would do that, but I mean, skill set wise, he does fit. Grant's just, you know, a 20 points per game good defender who's not inefficient at his size. I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic player. And I don't know why Portland would let him get away, but if they did and the Pacers had a shot, he would be very high on my list. Of, if well, I'm Kevin Pritchard, and, and a lot of things, a lot of things regarding Portland that you bring up to Tony is the fact that they, it looks like that they're going to go through a, a major transition, either moving on 
from Lillard or trying to add significant pieces with Lillard. So that that's going to be worth watching, I think, out there in the Pacific Northwest as to what they're wanting to do with that team. They're so confusing to me because I don't know what they can get for the third pick that's going to just, like, snap their fingers and they're, you know, oh, we can be Denver next year. Like, no, they can't, right? So then what do you do? I mean, it, 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 still, being a good team is valuable. Like, if you want to be good with Dame, go for it. But it just feels like if you really want to, like, contend, Shaden Sharp and someone really good at three and, like, a ton of stuff you can get for Damian Lillard seems like a great starting point to me. But I don't think that, that they would do that. And I get why. You know, he's a homegrown star. But, yeah, I mean, if, if Brant becomes free, he'd be near, if not the top of, like, what my Pacers list might look like. He is a really good fit. And this cycle is a weird one, right? When you have the second top ten pick in a row for the Pacers, they're really scouting. And I think a lot of the coverage has been around the draft because they've had a workout basically every day. I mean, they have five picks, so they're checking out as many players as they possibly can. But, you know, it's, it's so fast from the draft of free agency in nine days. you got to kind of catch up and go, okay, what does every team need now? And, because of the order of events, I think the draft gets more coverage because you can't really say what the Pacers' needs are until the draft is done, and then you see what their players are and what their situation is. But we'll we'll see what actually shakes out in that way. Um, but that's why I think the draft is kind of dominating that conversation, even though KP could certainly be looking at you know what forwards will be available or how much money could we have, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, Locked on Pacers, WTHR.com, SI Pacers, Forbes Sports. Tony East covers the Pacers and the NBA. Fever as well. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So what appears to be a rebuilding effect going on north of the border in Toronto, might that get some interest from the Pacers as far as what the Raptors are going to do here in the short term? Yeah, new head coach, snagging up an assistant from Memphis. Uh, You know, going off the wall like that is not something you typically do to run back your same roster, right? But the Pacers tried that sort of with Bjorkren a few years ago, fittingly at Toronto, former assistant. Yeah, I think the Raptors are right for a change. I think they got to know. But the the vibe I get is they're going to try, similarly to the Pacers, to see if a new coach is enough to get that group to go and gel and run. And then if they do poorly for a season, they could pivot. But yeah, they, they look, they didn't make the playoffs with an expensive team. Like I, I feel like that team needs to be looking to make changes and they have a ton of players that, you know, between Siakam and Achua and, and, and Anobi, obviously who's been talked about a ton in this market that would fit pretty well with what the Pacers uh, need and, play a position to need like if they actually pivot the Pacers should be all over that yeah that's what I wonder that's kind of sounds like what what they're ultimately going to do all right for the Pacers roster is packed right now so they're going to have to do some something about that established Pacer players that you think may not start the season with the Pacers where do we begin with those names according to you Oh, that's tough I mean I think I would look in the front court first they have a lot more centers than they can give minutes to. I mean, Turner, assuming he's back. I mean, you know, Turner's name it gets brought up every summer, as you know. But uh, assuming he's back, which I will, uh, you know, between Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson and Tice, that's three bigs playing, you know, one spot, basically. I mean, that, that's tricky. And then same kind of deal with, you know, Aaron Neesmith, Chris Duarte, Jordan Wara. That's three guys kind of vying for one or two spots at the backup wings, especially if they get a good forward in the draft and free agency, which – it seems like a team that wants to make the playoffs next year would try to do that. So um, among those names is kind of where I'd look, see which ones you can get maybe good value for, which ones do you feel like fit the worst with what they're trying to do, right? Duarte just had a down year, but he was an awesome rookie. How do you view that? Or uh, all sorts of things in terms of valuations with their backup centers. 
you know, they traded for Smith, they drafted Jackson. Who do they value more there in terms of fit and skill? And Tice is on an expiring contract and is a veteran. And then you got to think in general, if you're the Pacers, JMV, this one's harder to kind of think about because they're good. But Tice, McConnell, and Heald, all in their last fully guaranteed year of their contract and all 30-plus years old for kind of a younger Pacers team, they're all good and it would make sense to have on the team next year in some sort of role. But it would at least make sense for the Pacers to think about what the offers would look like for those guys, just given their contracts and age. So there's a lot of guys that, in theory, could be in that conversation you just brought up. What would that do to the Pacers' offense if they were to trade Buddy Heald, as many suggest they will? Yeah, I don't know that they will. Um, he's really good. You know, there's a reason he is such a boost to what they do on the end of the floor. Like, it's not even that – I mean, it's obviously a big deal that he's an amazing shooter, but the spacing he provides, I mean, I always feel like – it's such a lazy thing to talk about, but got to be accounted for. He's got to be accounted for, Tony. Right. I mean, you got to know where he is, and it's much like when you watch Duncan Robinson. I'm not trying to compare the two whatsoever, but defenses <laughs> will twist themselves in a pretzel, making sure there's coverage on a high volume maker, not just a shooter, but a maker like Buddy Hield. And I think that that is the most important aspect where we move forward here with this Pacer team with what they need. Besides yeah, defense, had, yeah. They had three points per 100 possessions better on offense with Buddy last year on the floor. And, like, he's the same player on or off, right? So, like, that's everybody else just having an easier time out there because he's – like, his defender's, like, holding his jersey, like, <laughs> feet from the basket, basically. And he runs around like a maniac, and that's in a good way. It scares defenses every time he touches the ball. Like, man, it's, it's fantastic what he's able to do for their offense. So – uh, that because of all that, it would be a huge loss if they lost him. But that's also why other teams would want him, right? So that that he had his best season ever last year. Like in theory, would have some value to every contender who needs shooting. So I don't know that they will shop him necessarily, but I think he's got value and it's very good for both the Pacers and any team. But if the Pacers try to contend to make the playoffs next year, why would they be looking to move vets just to move vets, right? So it'll it'll all depend on value, I think, for anybody that they move. All right, so uh, what are you writing about here moving forward? I want to get you back on again next week, either before or after the draft next week, but what are you writing about right now? Yeah, catching up on all the prospects. I'll have something on Jarris Walker and Hendrick, Taylor Hendricks out this week, uh, looking at some of the key Pacers' core players, who they pair well with, what that means, what the Pacers could pursue this summer, all sorts of fun stuff, JMB. Congratulations on the engagement. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I will check. Sports news of the weekend, certainly. (laughs) (laughs) Big time. Thanks for hopping on, man. I appreciate you. Of course. Thank you. It's Tony East right there. A variety of things, including WTHR.com. Forbes Sports, Locked On Pacers, and more. Via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Jethro Tall. It's August. TCU Amphitheater. Chance of tickets coming up in a bit. Man, you guys can't get over Peyton Manning. Being front and center as a Nugget super fan. Can't get over it. JMV, the Mr. Denver Peyton Manning still has a gigantic punch in the gut and kick in the crotch. I get it. It still hurts, though. Many, and I mean many, Colts fans and Indy fans in general feel the same way. But before you start wanting to rip and then shortchanging his career here, remember how things ended for him here. And then try to think about it in terms of how you would have responded in a similar situation. And that makes it a little bit easier to think about. 
unsurprising whatsoever, takes away nothing of the magnitude in which he brought here. But that is the way that it is. Quick break and we shall return. If you're on hold, I'll get to you. Top of the hour. Bob Kravitz will join us. We'll talk to Bob about the future and the past and the presence with something you really need to hear. Can't wait to talk to Bob. Top of the hour. 93.5107.5. Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. We're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? It should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Thank you. Appreciate you joining us today. Almost had to burp there on the air. That was my bad. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony East was really good. A lot of break regarding the NBA and uh, a lot of options we presented to you. As far as the Pacers are concerned, the draft coming up a week from Thursday are ready to go. Uh, Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Top of the hour, Bob Kravitz will join us. You know, I mentioned this as a Reds fan, and there are a few things I really truly get to to root for as somebody that does a show because I got to keep it, uh, you know, between the lines here uh, as far as the uh, local teams are concerned. Now, for Indiana State, I do. For Eastern Green, I do. For Dusty May and Florida Atlantic, I do. And for the Reds, I do. The Cincinnati Reds. Longtime Reds fan. And really, over the years, basically since 1990, it has been few and far between. I think that you just kind of pay for the wire-to-wire action that was 1990 and just a great season where you could always count on the big hit, the big RBI, the big pitching performance. And just the fun-loving, closeout nature of the Nasty Boys. You know, maybe Reds fans, we we pay for that. Maybe you pay for the Big Red Machine, which for two years would go down in 75 and 76 as, in history, one of the greatest teams to ever lace up cleats. But whatever it is, I mean, we've paid for it with um, (laughs) shoddy ownership, bad decision-making, Untimely errors, lack of talent, all of it, right? All of it. But I will say this. The last week, and and certainly watching this team and soaking up the youth, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give myself a little bit of an opportunity for a team that I had thought would be the worst. And who knows, this would all go haywire in a moment. I mean, all flushed right down the toilet in a moment's notice. It's the Reds we're talking about here. 
But when they do some things well and then string some things well together and get with Ellie De La Cruz a little bit of the national spotlight shined upon them, I'm going to soak that up a little bit. You know, I know that it's not a title. I know that it's not a National League Central championship, anything like that. But with the Reds as a Reds fan, you do have the bar set low for a reason. So I just kind of started soaking that up. Last night, it was a bad team that they beat in Kansas City, and they had to really grind it out to beat them. But it was enjoyable as hell, and I'm not quite sure if we've seen anything like it. And especially that debut of one Ricky Karcher last night. And if you have not seen the post-game interview with Jim Day, you've got to see it. He was about as close to Nuke Lelouch, the fictional pitcher in the 88 classic film Bull Durham, about as close to Nuke Lelouch as you're going to get because he nearly was going to hit everything but a mascot. I mean, Massey is still questioning whether or not he should get in the box and try to bunt when the ball is coming right at his face. (laughs) I I just don't know where it's going. I have no idea where my fastball is going. He had no idea where his fastball was going. Uh, He got the save, and it was fun to watch. The Reds have been fun to watch. And really, right now, that's kind of like the the lowest of the levels. I think Reds fans would agree with me right now. You just want something that's worth your time and your effort to be enjoyable. And you also, meanwhile, want to see this thing going, going in a direction in which you believe in. So that's how I feel. And again, I do recognize that it could all come to an incredible end in a moment. But as a Reds fan, you do, you have to soak up, whether it's a week, a day, an hour, got to soak it up because there's just not been that much there. Last night was fun as hell to watch. Uh, Clint writes this, so the Pacers should use some of their extra selections on European dudes that might not be able to sign for a couple of years. I think they've been down that path before. Uh, It seemingly never works for them. It works for others. Uh, JMV, Denver played better defense against Miami than any other team in the playoffs. I will give you that. Um, Yeah. You go KCP, Aaron Gordon, the difference makers in the extreme. I'm going to tell you what, Aaron Gordon as the power forward for that team Oh, that was an excellent pickup right there. The Pacers need to get players to commit to playing over-the-top defense or get new players. I I, um, I believe the defensive effect the Pacers are going to have when I see it because a lot of it is going to have to come from players that you love and you believe to be a part of the team right now. They're going to have to grow into being able to do it, and I'm not quite sure that they are going to. Again, they'll have to prove it. 
JMV, that was a weak-ass foul. Beyond dumb, the officials let everyone else body slam each other and then swallow their whistles. Consistency is what fans want. I did enjoy the old-school basketball physicality. Last night I said Jimmy Butler creates contact and gets calls like that, like that in the corner in front of the Nuggets bench that was upheld, that call with a leg kick out. He gets calls like that every single game. I just was shocked at everybody being so surprised about it. There's zero surprise in it. It happens every game. He will dribble into somebody and then act like he's shooting it and get a foul call. Somebody's just standing there. I'm just standing there. Somebody dribbles into you. Rarely, if ever, does anybody else get consistently that call. You know, I thought, I think it was Van Gundy that made the great point, not last night, but a little bit earlier in the series. You rarely, if ever, see Jimmy Butler argue a call, right? Why? Because he gets to the free throw line. He gets so many calls. Why would you argue with those that are giving you those calls? That's part of the genius of it. You rarely see him argue about a call whatsoever because he knows on the other end he's going to get it. He doesn't want to hurt that effect. Don't blame him. Don't blame it at all. Uh, seriously, that was, a to me, a hearkening back in the 1990s last night. Nobody can make a shot. And it was an absolute wrestling match. I was digging it. really was. All right, top of the hour, Bob Kravitz is going to be here. We know the story yesterday uh, regarding his time ending with The Athletic, the former Indianapolis Star columnist. 41 years in doing what he has done, and now on the free agent market. We'll talk about that and a lot of local stuff with Bob. Of course, minicamp, mandatory minicamp for the Colts, officially underway today. That and more with Bob Kravitz coming up at the top of the hour, and your chance to win some tickets as well. I'll explain. We'll get back to you coming up on the other side inside the lounge via YouTube Live and 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Yeah, don't miss Bob Kravitz coming up here at the top of the hour. Tony East, a little bit earlier, the podcast at 107.5thefan.com. We'll get oh, Ned and Rip in here. He's covering the Gulf State Finals at Prairie View. He'll take a break from that and then get with us. you got the baseball finals coming up on Friday and Saturday. And this show is going to be out at Victory Field on Friday. In fact, I just before me, you guys are watching via YouTube Live, You've got the credentials right here. Baseball State Finals, be there. Victory Field, hopefully I will see you there. That again is on Friday. Cannot wait to see you. Uh, Victory Field. Uh, This is from Andrew. So, JMV, I go to NYC last weekend, right? First time. You know, I've never been to New York. I'm such a hillbilly. Neither have I, honestly. Never been to New York. Trying to think where I've been on the eastern seaboard. I don't think I've been. I've been to D.C. before. 
I think I've been, I've been to DC. I think I've been to like some airports and stuff like that, but that doesn't really count. No, I think airports count. Or you, to you me, in, in my count? game, airports count. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think you normally have to leave the airport for it to count. Do you? Yeah. I'm trying to think what airport I've. I don't even know if I've been in an airport in the east. Because when we went to London, we flew straight from here, which was awesome, by the way, for the Colts back in, what was that, 2016? Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is Andrew in NYC this weekend. I didn't see Tony East popping the question, but this pick is me in my IU shirt shooting some shots at the famous Rucker Park in Harlem. That is awesome, by the way, right there. That is awesome. Now that, I would get, Andrew, I'd get down with that in a second. That'd be great. Get a couple of shots up on that. That is a trip right there. Yeah, well done. JMV, I'm kind of with you on what I hope the Pacers end up doing. I'm just not sure that they're going to. Can't you see them drafting at seven a need and then maybe another draft selection, but utilizing leverage for the future with their first rounders to get other first rounders further down the road and continue down this path of a rebuild? I I can see that. I would rather them go for more of an established effect, but yeah, I would agree with you on that. I can definitely see it. JMV, I heard you talking about minicamp a little bit earlier today. Mandatory minicamp, day one of three for the Colts. Does it concern you at all that they still run? Well, they still run. They are running, not still running, but are running. Does it concern you? that they have not established the rookie as the quarterback. That does not concern me at all. Week one concerns me. Actually, I take that back. Training camp that begins in July concerns me. There's where I want to see the evolution. I want to see the transition right there. I don't really care about right now. And again, I'm not trying to force the dude out there when the guy is not ready to go. But at the same time, I'm going to be highly disappointed if he is deemed not ready to go. Because then I would ask the question, all right, so when is he going to be ready to go? So how is he going to be ready to go if he's not ready to go after training camp? So practices during game weeks, all of a sudden he's going to transform into blossom into being ready. Highly disappointed. So I'm all for taking the time, but I will be disappointed if this dude, again, figures in to be not ready in week number one. And I'm sorry, I I want to see the clock be punched here and get this thing started. So do you, deep down inside. I mean, everybody talks about willing to wait and being patient. You guys have been so incredibly patient so far. I don't know how much you have in you. When you say that now, a Pacer fan said that last year. I mean, really, you weren't going to be down with it. If it were like the year before, you would have been angry about it. The reason why it was okay for you is because of that month of December that they gave you. Because of that jolt, that thrill that you got that, hey, wait a minute, this is ahead of schedule. That's what you thought. 
These guys are better than what we thought. I mean, that's how I feel about the Reds right now. Hell, I don't know if they're going to be any good in July. But at this moment, because they have sucked just so massively over the years, it's given me a reason, given me interest to watch and to be invested. So, dude, that's what you look for. Back to that coming up in a minute. Bob Kravitz. Uh, Bob Kravitz, no longer at the Athletic. We will talk about, I'm sure that, but also the future in 41 years of being just a top-notch writer and sports journalist. Bob Kravitz is going to join us. A little must-listen coming up on the other side with you and me next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Right, Stanley Cup final game five could go like the NBA finals went last night. Panthers and the Golden Knights tonight, 8 o'clock right here, follows trackside. That begins with Kevin and Kevin at 7 o'clock. Jethro Tall tickets a little bit later on. James over there. I'm John Kyle Rip, bottom of the hour. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Potline, friend of the show. Let's talk at length with one Bob Kravitz. Bob, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm terrific, man. How are you? Great. Um, the news super sucked yesterday. But knowing you and your level of talent, um, everything is going to be all right. It's Cruel to Be Kind with Nick Lowe, which is a great song, by the way. But I'm assuming you still want to go at it just as you have over the past 41 years, correct? You know, John, I I don't know. I'm 63. Um, I've dealt with a lot of uh, health issues in the last couple of years, as you know. Yeah. And I need to find out here in the next I don't know, a week or two, whether uh, I'm going to retire completely or uh, continue in some, you know, some form or fashion. And quite honestly, it's been 48 hours and I've played some golf since then. And I really don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, So if anybody has any great ideas, feel free to forward them. On to me. What um, what, what's the type of? I mean, what what would you be looking for? What would like, for example, Bob, turn the table from you know wanting to retire and and play golf and and just enjoy yourself right now at sixty three or or going back into what you have done at such a high level for forty one years? You know, I mean, there there are some uh, like Substack, which is a uh, like a self self uh, it's self publishing, I should say. Um, you know, I could do that. Uh, I actually, I actually did get an offer uh, last night. I won't mention from whom, but um, you know, I, I'm going to think about all this. I, I, I've got, some, I got some severance. I'm going to enjoy my summer. I'm going to play a lot of really crappy golf, and I'll decide what's next. But it's been a hell of a run, man. And I, I, I don't feel. I mean, I, I, it sucks. You know, you never like to be told 
that you didn't get it done or, you know, whatever. But uh, I think think there are opportunities out there for me if I choose to pursue them. Did you know that that was coming yesterday? Well, I knew in the morning. Uh, I went on uh, uh, Slack, which is kind of our email, and I was – I couldn't get in. And then I tried to get on WordPress to see what kind of numbers I was drawing on my last column. And that was closed. And then I saw a note uh, that they wanted to talk to me at 1040. And it was an editor and somebody from the uh, human resources side. And I said, well, that's that. You know, and what's happening, John, is, you know, when they started out, they wanted to be – they wanted to be like the local newspaper, you know, with uh, a national feel in addition. And what they've decided, uh, they've really changed the business plan. And they want to concentrate on the big stories, uh, the big markets, the Golden States, the uh, L.A.s, the Chicago's, the New York's, and really Indianapolis uh, just doesn't. Just it just didn't uh, draw the numbers that they would have hoped. So, um, not blaming Indianapolis. Uh, this is my home. I love this place, but um, it, it just it it just doesn't have the kind of cachet that the that the New Yorks and the Chicagos and the LAs have. So they made a decision, and I I've just got no choice but to live with it. Right. It's uh, Bob Kravitz who joins us. I, I hate it that you you basically pieced it together before you were told. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, and, and then there was also a note from the top editor uh, from the New York Times saying we're we're going to uh, get rid of uh, was it four percent or five percent of uh, the the editorial staff? And you know, I'm not good at math, but I can put together two and two. Do you like doing this as much as you have at 63? Or you no. feel like you need to – give me some reasons as to why things have changed for you with that in mind. Well, I, I think I think if I'm being totally honest, you know, I, I used to have a hell of a fastball. You know, I mean, uh, I was Nolan Ryan. And uh, as time wore on and you get to a certain age and you've been doing it for a certain number of years – and you have the heart problems that I've had, you you kind of lose your edge a little bit. And I don't think I necessarily – I think I did some good work for the athletic. Do I feel like it was my best work? Not necessarily. I think my best work was at the Indianapolis Star and to a certain degree Channel 13. But the, the last couple of years, if I'm being totally honest about it and forthright, um, it's been a little tougher – uh, because you just don't have the enthusiasm for it that you once did. And I, I think, you know, it's funny, when I was a younger writer, I would see older writers who were just kind of, you know, uh, just just kind of hanging in there and not doing their best work. And I said, I'll never be like that. And you know what? You get to 63 and yep. quadruple bypass and all the other BS that, has, uh, that I've had to deal with. And you get to to that age and you're just not as enthused about what you do. So I'm not saying that there's a good reason why they got rid of me. 
I mean, my my metrics were were very very good, but it, it just you know they're, they're making a business decision, and I just have to live with it and you know move on from there. He is Bob Kravitz with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I think a lot of it too is you, you get to a point where. I mean, like you, you talk about, you know, your fastball and, you know, being educated with an opinion and a column and a piece. And now so much of that gets lost in the shuffle of everybody out there trying to make a name by screaming and yelling about everything else. That that makes it even more difficult. I mean, it dilutes everything, journalism and then some. You you have to... um... That's what I'm looking for. You you have to resist the temptation to scream and yell like a madman. You really do. I mean, it's just, I'm not I'm not saying that's what the athletic is doing. I mean, I think they do wonderful work. We've got some amazing writers, and and I, I still believe that people should support journalism, whether it's the Star or the Athletic or both, whatever. But yeah, it's just. Uh, it, 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 it's 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 a tough time, but I'll deal with it. I'll move on. You know whether I'll continue to work. I don't know. Uh, I'll get some answers here in the next week or two. But uh, journalism has changed a lot, man. Yeah. And you know uh, wh- whether I was guilty of becoming that old fart, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But I, I know my numbers were good, so. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna beat myself up about it. Well, don't because there's absolutely no need to. Uh, that with 41 years, and you look at those that you have competed against, those that are your colleagues. I mean, those that are esteemed around the nation, those that are well known around the nation, in journalism, in TV, in radio, in print, that have responded and reached out to you has been amazing and i I think to me that's if i'm you that's all i need to know about how you know some of the 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 foremost in what you have done over 41 years you know believe you to be in that type of company i mean nothing else really needs to be said after that well i've gotten it's been uh admittedly very gratifying Uh, i've heard I, i talked to rick carlisle this morning uh, I've heard from Tom Telesco, uh, who used to be here yep. in Indy. I've heard from uh, Pritchard, uh, from from Chris Ballard. I mean, I've heard from a lot of lot of. Oh, Tom Green. <laughs> God bless Tom Green. He wrote a, a tweet ripping the athletic for for letting me go. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate that, but it's not necessary. But yeah, it's been. It's been very gratifying to see the reaction, and uh, you know I, I'm humbled by it. But now I got to figure out how I'm going to pay for stuff. So, <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on to that next step at some point. Yeah, you'll. Uh, I don't think you'll have any problem figuring that out, and in, in whatever decision might be, because at some point, as you mentioned right now, you just other things 
take priority. And you've talked about your health. And, you right. know, you think about you know life after what you have done. I mean, you 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 love being known as you know writer, personality, sports commentator Bob Kravitz. But you like to be you know Bob Kravitz, just you know the guy beyond that and those things become more important than what i'm sitting here doing or what you have done over 41 years they just do i'm gonna find out who the hell i am here in the next couple of weeks the next couple of months if that makes any sense because i've always been the columnist i've always been the tv guy well tv guy for a little bit um you know i've always been the radio guy done a lot of you know i think pretty decent stuff here in indy and in my previous stops and I just have to decide and maybe it'll be decided for me, you know, what my next step might be. Uh, I've already heard from some people, uh, you know, a job, job possibilities. So that's, that's gratifying too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a long run and, and, and I'm, I'm proud as hell of what I've, I've done. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of women, um, in my business don't last 41 years. So if it's, if this is the, the end of the road for me, uh, I'm perfectly satisfied with, uh, what I've done in the business. I think, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, they get in trouble. They say the wrong thing. They, they get on the wrong side of, of, of management. I don't think I've done that. So, you know, I'm proud of what I've done and, Whatever happens, happens, and I can live with whatever whatever comes next. I can tell you what you've done here is nobody has had since you have been here um, more of a connection with those sports figures in the know here. I mean, I, I, I know you know how quickly Peyton Manning responds to oh, yeah, something exactly. that you you email him i know you know your relationship with kevin pritchard you know obviously with the colts whether it's you know jim ursay or now it's chris ballard nobody has had the ear of those decision makers in sports around here over the past uh whatever it's been 23 years here like right. you have i'm not trying to blow smoke up your rear end that's just the absolute no, no, truth feel, feel free i'll, I'll <laughs> I know what kind of smoke it might be, but yes, I, I, I'm not doing that for a reason because that is the absolute truth. No, I appreciate it. Like I say, you know, I've written some dumb stuff. I've written some stuff that's not very good, but I think on balance, I've done a pretty damn good job uh, here in Indy and in other, in other markets I've worked in Cleveland, Denver, to name a couple. And you know, to do it for 41 years, it, it's just hard. You know, I mean, writing, I'm lucky. Writing for me comes relatively uh, easy, but writing well is hard. And the idea of, you know, I was watching the basketball game last night, and I was thinking, you know, maybe I don't have to write about this anymore. And and there there's a certain freedom in that you know i mean i love sports this is what i've always wanted to do i've thought about doing other things but you know writing about sports is always the thing that i wanted to do and i got to live out my dream for 41 damn years so it's not the worst thing in the world just got to figure out you know how we're going to pay the rent how we're going to pay the mortgage that's all
I, you know what? I, I will say this too, and I, I rarely have been on vacation, but the times I've been on vacation, uh, it, it's a feel good when you don't feel compelled to have to watch something for the sake of being educated to speak on behalf regarding of what you watched or write in your case about it the next day. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there, there, I, I feel, I feel, uh, I'm both pissed and feel liberated at yeah. the same time, if that makes any sense. You know, um, you know, I like the Colts had um, Richardson and all those folks talk today. And I thought, I'm playing golf. This isn't bad. <laughs> you know, it wasn't good golf. You know, it was an 87 right. with, with a bunch of three putts. But, you know, I, I, if this is it, I'm comfortable with it. Uh, if it's not, I'll just keep. I'll just keep hammering away, and I, I still think I have a voice. I still think I have something to say, and if people uh, still want to consume, uh, you know, what what I produce, then that's great. If not, you know, I'll just walk off into the sunset. It's uh, Bob Kravitz, kind enough to join us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I have always said this, and I've, I've said this a number of times. I, I thought you had the scoop of all scoops regarding <laughs> Deflategate, um, and anybody would love to have had that. Is that your greatest scoop of all time? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I'm a columnist, which, you know, which you know, and – to me, writing a really good, smart, funny uh, column is what I do and what I what I care most about. You know, I've never I, I've broken some stories along the way, but I've never really tried hard to break those stories. Uh, and if I'm being totally honest, uh, which apparently I am today, um, you know that, that that fell in my lap. You know, that somebody called me and then I went and got it confirmed by a second source. But, yeah, for, I mean, for God's sake, I was on CNN with Anderson Cooper, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, 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 a scoop, it's a scoop of all scoops right there. So it, it is. Pretty, it was a pretty good one, man. It was a pretty good one. But I heard you talking earlier. I've come back from golf. I'd say the only scoop that's close is uh, Schefter who I know you love uh, yeah. Adam uh, breaking the story that, uh, that Andrew Luck was retiring. That was a pretty big one too. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm saying in terms of scoops around here, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. there's no, there's no contest because no. I mean, the longevity of that story as ridiculous as it is, <laughs> the yeah. longevity of that story tells the story in this case about how important that was to people. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I mean, I just, I just remember when I got that call that night. I was like, "Can this possibly be true?" But then I started reaching out to people, <laughs> and like, "Oh yes, it's very true." And I remember being in the hotel uh, uh, after the game, and uh, I told Calabro, "I said, well, here goes nothing," and I tweeted it out, <laughs> and all hell broke loose. <laughs> Well, I just um, and again, as 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 silly as it all, I mean, as the longer that it went with everybody talking about it, the sillier that it got. But uh, 
I'm gonna tell you that was that was the biggest deal, and I was always yeah. happy for you, whether or not that came in your lap or you worked for it or you didn't. Doesn't matter, man, because that was yours and that will always be yours, and that is that is pretty cool. It's Bob Kravitz with us. You mentioned a little bit earlier too. You've also written some dumb stuff. Um, at this point in your career, what what what? Forty one years. What's the dumbest? The dumbest would have to be. In 1990, maybe five or four, something like that, I wrote that the Broncos ought to trade John Elway. That was pretty dumb because they went and won the, won the Super Bowl in 98 and 99, his last two years in the NFL. That was, that was up there. I mean, look, if you write as many columns as I've written over the years, and it's, it's got to be hundreds of thousands, you know, over the course of 41 years, I haven't done the math, but you're going to write some stuff that's just off, just, it's just off the reservation. You're going to write stuff that's, that, that doesn't make sense. But I think, I think you know, if, if I can give myself some credit, I think by and large, I knew what I was talking about. Um, I, I was, I never had an agenda, um, and I think I was honest with people. You know, whether it was my personal life or whether it was uh, something in sports, I think I've always been honest with people. You know, I remember writing about Tony Dungy being a bit of a hypocrite for deciding to come back, and uh, I caught all kinds of hell for that. But, you know. I don't think you caught hell from Tony himself, though, did you? No, no. I told Tony before, before I wrote it. I said, I'm writing this. I want you to know that. Because I respected him a lot. There are things that I don't – I have problems with some of Tony's opinions on certain things. Um, but, no, I, I respect Tony a lot. And I told him what I was writing. And he said, you know, I, I, I prayed about it. And this is the, the uh, decision that I reached. And that's fine. But, uh, no, he did not have a problem with it that I'm aware of. I remember everybody else did though. Everybody oh else had God. had a problem with it, and that was uh, that was regarding his uh, uh, All Star Dads program, I think. Right? Is right. that what it was? My, my problem was that he, he was part of the All Pro Dad thing, and it was all about yeah. being there for your children. And then he was he was deciding to come back to Indianapolis while his family family was still down in Tampa, and you know I. I you know, he, he had been through uh, the worst, the worst of the worst to lose a child. Um, so I just thought it was it was it was not the right move at the time. You know what what I think is not terribly important, but I felt uh, I felt that I had to share that 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 was my opinion, and I hope I've been honest with people. You know, and I'm talking like I'm in the past tense and. I may very well be. I have no idea, but that's just kind of how I felt about it at the time. Would you write that column today? Hell yes. See, I mean that that goes to show you that you still got the fire yeah. going. So I still, I, I still do. I mean, I I still feel like I have some stuff to say, maybe in a different uh, a different venue, uh, maybe in a different way. But I, I think I still got some some writing left in me how where that's gonna how that's gonna manifest itself i have no idea at all it's been 48 hours and i've just been 
drinking beer and playing golf. <laughs> That's a good 48 hours right there, though, let me tell you. Right, 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 right. Now, does this change the dynamic? Are you going to be able to go see uh, Elvis Costello now, Brown County Music Center? Oh, no, no. I, You know, I won this stupid award, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, you're going to Winston-Salem. I'm going to Winston-Salem. Well done. Yes. Winston. Have you Have you gone? No, I, I, I and uh, ironically enough, I, I won it the year there was no sports, basically, 2020. Okay. <laughs> so they said, all right, we have nothing. That we, okay, how can we do this? Give it to this clown. Um, I did not go. I was told, Don Fisher told me, who wanted more than I think any human imaginable, um, told me that I needed to go, that you have to go. It's a fun event. Um, but telling me that. You know, basically, I probably went to Greene County or something instead on that particular right. weekend. I did not go, but they say it's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I almost backed out yesterday. I, I almost backed out because I'm like, you know, I'm a former journalist, and uh, you know, I, how am I going to be introduced? You know, Bob Kravitz from Indeed.com. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to introduce me, and I don't want people to feel sorry for me for what's happened, but. I'm going to go because I've won it four times, three or four times, I can't remember, and I've never gone. And I just said, you know, what the hell, let's, let's do it and, uh, and, and, and maybe work with some college, college journalists, young journalists. And I'm still very interested in working with, with younger writers and, and helping them out. I've been working at Ball State, uh, you know, during the, the, during the semester, and I, I find that very gratifying. Is this era's journalism at all recognizable to what you had known, especially you had known back in what I guess many would call your prime or even when you were first starting out? Yeah, it's, it's a lot different. There, it, like I say, it's hard to resist the temptation to scream. And there's a lot of screamers out there, but there, there's also a lot of really wonderful writers out there you know like for my place i, I think james boyd's going to do a great job uh yeah james that, is a really good dude i mean good young good yeah confident yeah, savvy and, and that, yeah. that keeper is tremendous yeah. and you, you go to our site and you know brendan quinn and writers like that who are just phenomenal so yeah the the the, the, the world of journalism sports journalism has changed like i say you know, the athletic, when they started out, they wanted to out newspaper the newspaper. They wanted to come into Indianapolis and Cincinnati and all these other markets and be as dominant, if more, not more dominant, than the local newspaper. And that has changed. They've changed their, their strategy. They've changed their marketing plan. They've changed their business plan. And so, yeah, it, it's changed quite a bit what i have a difficult time with is you know it's become so analytically oriented and i can't add yeah you know and and so uh i struggle with mathematics too so yes so much of it uh, of it now is is analytics and that's just not something i've ever been comfortable with so you know we move on all right book writing anything like that Nothing? No? I don't know. Here, Here's the thing, is that I've been writing straight for, for really 45, yeah. 50 years. You know, going back to high school and, and IU, 
And I'm not sure that I want to do a lot more writing right now. I, I don't have any book ideas. Um, I have to decide here in the next couple of weeks uh, whether I want to continue to do this. I'm sure my financial planner will tell me what I need to do. But, uh, yeah, I, look, I, I, loved, I loved every minute of what I was doing, okay? Um, it, it, this, is, this is my dream job, and I've had a good run. And, look, if this is it, uh, I'm perfectly comfortable with what I've accomplished. If there's more to come, then great. You know, I, I'm going to find something that I'm really, I really like to do and, and, and write in the style that I feel comfortable with. Did you hear from Jim, Jim Ursay? I have not. I heard from uh, Chris Ballard, uh, which is very nice. Uh, heard from, uh, I think I mentioned Carlisle and a bunch of other people. So the, 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 the local sports folks have been very, very kind, and I, I do appreciate it. All right, book, script, something like that. But uh, Well, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah. figure it out. I got time, man. I know you do. more golf. You do. And go to Winston-Salem and have yourself a blast there. Very deserving of that honor, will, too. Buddy. And, you know, you're, uh, anytime you want to come on and talk with us, we'll we'll obviously keep you on here as, as much as you want to come on here because I okay. obviously enjoy you more than you know, man. I appreciate I, you. I, I appreciate you, appreciate you, buddy, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, Bob Kravitz right there. Thanks, Bob. All right, man. Be well. It's uh, Bob Kravitz on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Now, good. If you missed any of that podcast, 1075thefan.com with Bob Kravitz. Quick break. We'll come back. And I know Kyle Nedenrip is going to join us at the star as well. Now, it was – um. That was good. You do get to a point where you just think, man, there's other stuff going on. I'm 53. He's 10 years older than me. Um, I can I can certainly, you know, I, I kind of understand how he might feel right now. Just kind of think, all right, well, the rest of life here, let's, um, let's see what's happening. So Bob Kravitz, again, podcast 1075thefan.com. Quick break. Back with you next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. The Sportos, Motorheads, Geeks, Sluts, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Bob Kravitz Podcast, 107.5thefan.com. If you missed any of it, I would gather you need to double back and check it out. Again, 107.5thefan.com with the conversation with Bob Kravitz a little bit earlier, Tony East. We're at the end of the NBA season and the upcoming NBA draft. That is a week from Thursday as the Pacers still draft number seven overall. I was going back and forth with the, uh, the head of scouting with the Pacers, Ryan Carr, a little bit earlier today. And, of course, he's on the schedule coming up for next week. We'll dive into, especially after they're done. I think they have maybe... 
a handful of more days with workouts still to come, maybe four, four or five with those workouts still to come with prospects. And then we'll get Ryan on after that and kind of put it all in a little thumbnail sketch for everybody before next Thursday's NBA draft. The Colts, of course, day one of three, mandatory minicamp going on. And in case you're interested, and it's not the biggest of deals here, not right now, not in June, but it was Gardner Minshew as the, and I even hesitate to say starter during minicamp, but a lot of reps for the rookie Anthony Richardson. More on that still to come. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline, covering a lot right now. The spring sports are coming to a close. Softball finals in Lafayette last weekend. Golf championships going on at Prairie View today. And then, of course, a victory field coming up on Friday and Saturday. The baseball state finals for four classes. And Kyle Nedrip is kind enough to join us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. This is a busy time of year for you, isn't it? Yeah, Indiana All Stars last week, and then uh, I'm out at state golf today, and uh, it was a was a very bizarre kind of a windy uh, fall day. It felt like we had a, <laughs> it felt like October, like I should be going home to watch uh, college football later. But uh, but it was you know compared to last year, I think it was 98 both days last year, and it was uh, I know I was drenched in sweat, so I had a sweatshirt on. It was weird. It was very strange, but a great day. Uh, of golf, uh, Aiden Gutierrez from uh, Valpo won the championship last year. He's five under and tied with uh, Jacob Modleski from Garen for first. And then the the team race, Garen, the defending team champs, up by two on Westfield. So that should be a really good race again. Those two went down to the wire last year. Should probably happen again uh, this uh, coming tomorrow. So really, really good golf. It's amazing how many really good golfers we have in uh, in Indiana. It's it's uh, shapes up to be a really fun day tomorrow. It's, uh, Kyle Nettenrup with us. You know, I mentioned this, I think, to you a little bit earlier, too, regarding just a spectacular spring sports season. And I think I brought it up in terms of, of softball and individually. Um, you know, obviously, with, with Keegan Rothrock and, and Max Clark, um, the best baseball and softball players, to me, arguably, I guess you can make that, certainly – uh, in the nation, from what we've witnessed, and, and both having seasons end not quite the way they felt they might. Yeah, so I, I think that even speaks to probably the depth of the uh, talent in both sports. Um, you know, and it was kind of a fluky, thing, not a fluky thing, but just, you know, that softball game looked like could have gone either way, uh, certainly, and, and Rothrock did more than did enough uh in her career you know to uh to lead that ron collie team max you know it's hard in baseball you know it's not a one you know there's he's not out there pitching every day or you know you can't really you know feed him the ball like you you can in football or basketball so baseball is a little different that way uh you're kind of dependent on your pitching or whatever else is in your lineup so uh, but with what he's done, I saw he's working out for the Tigers uh, today. And then, you know, they have the third pick in the draft. And then, uh, you know, winning the uh, national awards, you know, that he's won, just uh, pretty incredible, you know, to have those type of athletes. And you go down the list, not even, you know, those two sports, but you go down the list of, of lots of different sports and the amount of uh, talent and uh, per capita, you know, it's pretty amazing, you know, the high school athletes we have in, in our state and, uh you know, it's it's just fun to see what they do, not only now but in the future. For especially a guy like Max, who look, projects to probably make it uh, pretty quickly. You know, you can't count on anything necessarily, but uh, especially in baseball, baseball yeah. can be kind of weird that way. But you know, gosh, I mean, everything he's done, 
and everything he projects as uh, certainly looks uh, phenomenal uh, for his immediate future. You know, in the day, um, I don't know how much you cover this, in the day, and still to this day, the Indiana Bulls, basically every level, age level, uh, prior to, to college was synonymous with high-level baseball. It does seem like that you have a lot more and see a lot more of those Bulls types of, of spring, summer, and early fall teams than ever before and I think that's a lot to be said about the growth in baseball in this case in this state over the past couple of decades yeah I mean I had a chance over the pandemic uh you know I think it was that 2020 they had a college league out at uh at Grand Park and that was kind of one of the first things to come back and then you so I was out there covering some of that and watching you know the Nate scouts out there come out and was watching some of the talent come back I still I think they still do that league to a, to a certain extent uh, every year but uh but yeah it's just it's it's amazing uh you know when you go down the list and you're like oh man yeah that guy played that guy played you know McDermott's brother who's in the Baltimore Orioles organization pitch for Ball State and he's starting to rise up through the ranks and you know you just run into all kinds of uh you know, all kinds of people, but yeah, the bulls, you know, they were kind of the first and still, you know, considered the strongest of any of the, you know, the, the travel programs and, and, uh, you know, they do, they've done a great job over time. Their name's synonymous, you know, the bulls kind of carries weight, you know, when you say yeah. that name. And I, I see that the, the canes seem like that they're an upcoming growing type of group now too. I see their names a lot now in baseball here. Yeah, yeah, you see them. You see, there's a lot of others. Right. Uh, you know, the the Expos organization. You know, there's a lot of different ones that, uh, you know, throughout the years have, uh, you know, kind of risen. There's just more of them now. I would say too. It used to be where the Bulls kind of cornered the market on, uh, you know, on on baseball pretty much, and they still do. They still get the most talent and everything. But, you know, there's more of them now. You know, and there's just more tournaments and and it's kind of that's the same way you know aau basketball is that way too they're just more teams now more of the uh players who you know maybe not play uh travel basketball in the past now do you know it's kind of part of the it's i don't know if it's better or worse <laughs> but there's more there's more of it year round uh in just about every sport i want to get to all stars with the end and then i want to get to friday and saturday at victory field kyle nedrip of the stars on the andy moore automotive group hotline but uh, i need to ask you because you were up there how did uh, happy gilmore from Bloomington South, the junior do today. And seriously, happy Gilmore. How did he uh, yeah, perform? Yeah. yeah, I did a story on him last year, but his name is happy. I think his actual name is Landon, if I remember right. <laughs> I apologize if that's wrong, but he, he does go by happy. It kind of, you know, that's become his, his name, his trademark, and uh, that's who he is. But yeah, I think he, I believe he ended up even par uh, for the day, so he's I think in a le- tie for eleventh in that area, that range. So the leaders are five under. So he's still you know still in shouting distance. He's definitely one of the best golfers in the state, uh, and he's only a junior, so he'll be back again next year, I'm sure. Bloomington South has a good team. I think they were. They're, uh, everyone is a little bit behind Westfield and Garen right now, but uh, they're in that hunt for third place for sure. Um, so, yeah, he's a, he's in the mix there, and, yeah, his name is is actually Happy, so it's it's pretty cool. And he, he kind of, you know, carries that proudly, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a cool thing. I, people see that name like, what in the world? You know, what, what, what's going on there? <laughs> but, but, yeah, it is true, and he's a really good player. 
Happy Gilmore, Junior, Bloomington South. It's uh, Cal Nedenrip with us. So I'm going to be at Victory Fields coming up on, on Friday. That's 5.30 and 8 o'clock. The first two of four over Friday and Saturday, state championship games in baseball. I, I don't know if I had ever heard of the team playing locally, Covenant Christian, at 5.30. And that's Ileana Christian. Is that up up in the armpit, northwest Indiana? Yeah, that's uh, obviously right on the border there. It's a uh, Ill, it's a new school, and I think it came into existence maybe uh, two years ago, I believe. And it's been a program that uh, obviously relatively new and has had early success. Uh, so another um, you know another one of the schools that kind of comes into the IHSA and immediately has has enjoyed some success. So yeah, and I I want to say they won the semi state last year as well. So obviously came into the uh, into the IHSA with uh, with some talented players, but uh, and yeah, Covenant Christian uh, obviously they've been around for a while and have had a lot of success here locally uh, with their baseball program and, and other yeah. sports too. Man, they've been you know, they won football. I believe that was the uh, I believe that was the pandemic year of 2020 that fall. So, uh, but yeah, boys basketball, girls basketball, they've had some some serious uh, talent uh, there on the west side. So. Uh, should be a good opportunity for them to uh, try to grab one in baseball as well. Now also on Friday at Silver Creek and and Duran at eight o'clock, and then on Saturday you got uh, Lafayette Central Catholic, which is often there, and Bar Reeve. Bar Reeve had a fantastic performance, I think, against Shackamack. Right, Shackamack is one of the better teams, especially in in single class baseball historically in the state of Indiana. Bar Reeve, though best them so they're in the state championship game at 4 30 coming up against lafayette central catholic on saturday afternoon yeah it should be another good one and uh, of course those are names you know bar reeve you kind of associate uh with basketball but obviously you have uh, a lot of talented uh, athletes in their school and, and yeah shackamack they've always i actually went down there and did a story on their baseball program probably two three years ago and uh that yeah that's a program that always is always is good and always has a lot of baseball players in that uh, area of the state but uh uh yeah shackamack's always kind of one of those teams you look for in the to run make a deep run in the tournament yeah, they. Um, I went back. There was, and I don't know if he's still. I haven't even looked. Chip Sweet was the coach. Whenever I was uh, when we played Shackenback, they were in the Swiak with us, and uh, they were they were always good. And of course, growing up, you play in a lot of Babe Ruth All Star teams. A lot of those guys too, and you get to know them a little bit, and you you get a, a an understanding as you did in that piece with Shackenback about why they love baseball as much as they do there. Yeah, that that it's it's always interesting to me. You know, there's different areas of the state or different schools that that sort of have success in a sport, and there's normally a reason for that or a, or a history uh, of that. And you know, whether that's a coach or a uh, you know some sort of program, I'm actually kind of working on a project. Uh, sort of along those lines uh, that I think is kind of going to be interesting. It's going to take me a little while to to uh, get it off the ground, but uh, but I you know it, it, there's just it's it is kind of interesting to see like counties that have certain success uh, that or maybe for maybe a different sport or something you didn't really think of, but there's normally a reason for that or a, a program that kind of leads to that success or a coach that invests uh, in kids or you know whatever the reason is. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's a good example of that. Hey, Kyle, before I let you go, when was the last time a high school in the state of Indiana won both the, the softball 
championship and the baseball championship. In this case, in 4A, Penn last week beats Ron Colley, and coming up on Saturday night, they get a very good and well-tested Center Grove team. Do you know the last time that's happened? I'll have to look that up and uh, and find that out for you. That's a, that is a good question, though. I don't I don't think that is something that has happened since I can remember. I, I can't I remember it either. It just occurred yeah. to me just because of what took place in Lafayette last weekend. Yeah, that's a good question. I'll have to I'll check that out and get back to you. Uh, who's well? I mentioned Center Grove being well tested, uh, and certainly their path against good teams uh, has been true. There's no doubt. But what about Penn coming from the north? Yeah, I mean that's obviously you know they're Andrean's up there. Um, you know, there's there's obviously schools that uh, you know that that have have tested them along the way, and I, I can't tell you for sure who they've uh, you know who they've all be, but that's a program that's uh, you know pretty established, and you know it's it's just talking to somebody today, it's like uh, you know Penn's having all the success you know in in different sports all over the place, and you know it's kind of interesting. It was football that they were sort of known for, and they they haven't had that much success here recently. Uh, as much uh, in football, so that's that's just sort of an interesting sidebar. I was talking to somebody at, at golf today, but uh, but yeah, they're and they had a golfer today who I think was five under through nine, and he kind of backed off a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, they've got a good a good run going there at Penn, and uh, I'm sure we'll make a good uh, representation of themselves. Uh, in that Class 4A game. Uh, well, stop by at Victory Field on Friday, and uh, we'll get you on before the end of the show as well. I'm assuming you're going to be out there for uh, both uh, Friday and Saturday, but if you get time, come out and join us again, and we'll get to a little bit more of the uh, the All-Star basketball as well, maybe next time. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on, John. Always, Kyle. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks. It's uh, Kyle Neddenrip of the Star on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Podline, and I'm out there on Friday. Victory Field. Love to see you all out there. And again, get two games on Friday. First one at 5.30, Ileana Christian. Learned a lot about them from Kyle. Covenant Christian. We know well about them here locally. And then at 8 o'clock, Silver Creek and Andrean. The two on Friday. Lafayette Central Catholic. Bar Reeve. 4.30 on Saturday, Center Grove and Penn at 8 o'clock on Saturday night. Of course, we'll be out there on Friday, beginning at 3 at Victory Field. Quick break, and we'll come back. Your chance at some Jethro Tall tickets coming at you as well. And we'll close out this show on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Are you kidding? 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, number nine at 239-1070. August 19th, 8 o'clock. That's a Saturday night. TCU Amphitheater, White River State Park. Jethro Tall tickets for you right there. Some classic, classic rock, if you will. Decades upon decades of classic rock. Jethro Tall, August 19th, TCU Amphitheater. White River State Park. It's a Saturday night at 8 o'clock, and number 9 at 239-1070 is going to be a winner right there. So do it. Check it out. Uh, JMV, this is from Adam Howard. Bob Kravitz is synonymous with indie sports history. Whatever comes next, I always appreciated and loved the candor. Uh, Bob Kravitz a little bit earlier. And that podcast is up right now, 1075thefan.com. 
Man, Jamby, this just burns. It's a picture of Peyton Manning wearing that gold chain finals kind of promotional thing they were handing out evidently on that game five last night in Denver. Nuggets win. Uh, Mr. Denver Peyton Manning. You all got to recognize the situation and just have to deal with it. And don't let that take anything away of how you feel about him and what he accomplished here. But that's just where he is. Big time Nuggets fan right there. Got to separate the two. You just do. I know a lot of you have responded. Every time he's at a Denver function of any kind, I get all these emails and a lot of tweets about it. So it is absolutely non-surprising to me. Either way, really. Hey, JMV, Shackamack has one of the best-looking baseball hats in the state. Back, And I know he was there for a long time, but back when I was in high school, Chip Sweet was the coach, and he was an outstanding baseball man. They had good dudes down there, too. I'll give you a great example. This is just from Greene County, right? Um I liked the Shackamack dudes much better than I did the Linton dudes, with the exception of the great Kurt Bedwell, who I believe lives in Fishers now. Bedwell. I love Bedwell. All the other Linton dudes, yeah, not so much. Maybe Jason Fields. Bedwell was a good dude, though. See, the Linton dudes, well, I better not even go into that. I like the Bloomfield guys. I mean, you guys all are from counties and grew up playing high school athletics and had to play on all-star teams, I'm assuming, right, with others from that county. You get to know them a great deal. You still compete with them, but no, Shackamack has long-standing tradition in high-level baseball. Didn't make it to the state finals. It's Ball Reeve, but very good nonetheless. James, thank you very much. Congratulations to Kevin, who's going to go see Jethro Tull. Stanley Cup Finals Game 5 here tonight at 8. That follows trackside with Kevin and Kevin. That begins at 7. Bob Kravitz, Kyle Neddenrip. And Tony East. Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. You guys outstanding today. Back with you tomorrow at 3. Don't miss it. Have a great night.